0: it is so much fun for me to host this show. I have now over 300 interviews uh, and over 341 episodes of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do where I have had the pleasure to sit down and talk business with some people who do really interesting things in large companies and small companies, solopreneurs, people who work for companies who are just sort of entrepreneur entrepreneurial and people who have realized that their ladder was against the wrong wall and decided to go off and pursue their own thing. But now that we've been doing this for three and a half years, one of my favorite things to do is bring back guests who were on before. So we are revisiting a chat with Tammy Shackley. And she has a matchmaking company. Think about that. How cool would that be if your job was to be a matchmaker? And the company is called H4M Matchmaking. But here's the little swing on this. She is the gay matchmaker. She started off helping men find men, and then recently she sort of uh, broadened that out, and she now helps women find women. And her company is growing, and she's sort of redone her website, a little bit of rebranding. And I thought it was time to bring her back on the show because she's got such an interesting niche Business. And we talk a lot to people about finding a niche and what that means. And, uh, you know, Tammy herself found her husband through a matchmaking service and decided she would take this into uh, another area. And so, Tammy, welcome back. To cool things. Thank you
1: for having me back and congratulations <laughs> on your success with the podcast. Wow.
0: Yeah, it's been it's been really interesting. Uh, there was an article on Inc.com this year that said it's one of eight podcasts for entrepreneurs to listen to in 2018. So if you know any entrepreneurs, make them listen to the show because Inc.com said they should.
1: I caught that, Congratulations. You bet. And thank you for having me back. A lot has happened since we first talked. Well, it's probably been about, I don't know, two
0: or three years. I should have gone back and actually looked up the the actual number of the episode you were on, but it has been several years. And so when I have people back, I don't really follow a script. I don't really have specific questions. I just like to sort of chat with them about what's new in your business and, and what have you learned from that? So what have you done the last couple of years?
1: A lot. Uh, What's significant for me is I I believe in uh, deadlines or goals, timelines. And so with a background in news, politics, and philanthropy, I love a deadline, right? So with the five-year anniversary of my company approaching, it gave me the opportunity to stop, look at everything and what needs to be refreshed. How do we really start to scale it even more? It is a very defined niche of same-sex Um, singles looking for a monogamous long-term relationship. That's not everybody. Whether you're gay or straight, it's not for everyone. So with uh, such a significant niche, it it became my goal that I really wanted to reach every gay single from coast to coast. So we quickly expanded outside of Texas, started taking clients from coast to coast, first men for years, and now uh, women. And so with the five-year anniversary, we uh, let go of an old name, which was He's For Me, which is what the company originally started as, and we kept that three-letter domain that we were so blessed to have found, h4m.com, and with that, it says whatever you want it to say. It can stand for he's for me, it can stand for here's for me whatever it is. We also redid the logo to include lesbian women. And so our new logo has a giant L in the center of it, uh, paying tribute to those single women. And with the new website, we tried to make it more gender neutral, more all-inclusive, whether you are gay and single, or you have gay single friends, or gay single loved ones. We get even calls from family members saying, can you work for my son, or can you work for my dad? So it's really, really been a turning point for us with the new website, with all in- inclusion and Coast to Coast, that um, we're as busy as I'll get out.
0: <laughs> so five years, that's a huge milestone for any entrepreneur. I mean, to be able to stay in business yes. and turn a profit and support yourself and, and have a life for five years. So, you know, a lot of people start off a new business, no matter what, whether it's a services business like yours or whether it's a product that they're selling, and they have a whole bunch of potential But one of the things I've found in a lot of research that I've done is that potential doesn't equal results. So what caused you to actually be able to have success and actually have results over that first five years?
1: Right. Uh, determination <laughs> and tenacity. I mean, for years, my nickname has been Tenacious Tammy. And it was even when I was a matchmaking client. I, I had ended a long-term relationship, no kids, moved to Austin, Texas to start my life over and was running a charity. Uh, and I was pretty tenacious that I wanted to find a great guy again, this one, uh, ideally who loves me back. And so when I hired a matchmaker, I was very private. I never did online dating. And when I hired a match- matchmaker, matchmaker, um, I said, you know, this is what's important to me. It's not about how tall he is, you know, or how much money he makes. It's really this type of personality that I'm looking for that complements me. So my husband was my 30th match. So that's tenacious. And I was his third match. And so I I approached the company the same way that that this to me is not as an experiment. It's serving an underserved population, which is LGBT singles. And I don't know why other certified matchmakers had not expanded their service to include them. But as a straight ally, I thought, you know, maybe I'm the one that that was supposed to do this, that it's a calling. And if it's a calling and it's a passion, it it's great to wake up every day and put it in sometimes even another 12 hour day. But as you know, and we all know, if you're going to be successful, you've got to start with the business model. And so that business model, I revisit every year on our anniversary, another milestone of the company's anniversary and, and see what, how can I expand it, change it, tweak it, uh, modify it. So it serves not only my clients better, but serves my lifestyle better. So uh, we gave up the big office downtown and we all work virtually and we we can work from anywhere and we're very highly effective and efficient in doing so
0: (laughs) so you started off obviously sort of with a local focus and then sort of throughout texas and now in the last year you've gone nationwide what's the big difference between having a local services business versus a national services business
1: that's a good question. With such a niche, or sometimes I say niche, niche, mm-hmm. of LGBT singles, you can become saturated in a market. And I've even got a client right now, he, he started in Australia with a very unique business idea. And he's he's outgrown the Australian market. So he just moved to the United States. I treated it the same way, I'd quickly started to outgrow Austin. So I expanded to Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, naturally, and easily. And it was taking that first client out of state that can this work when I'm so remote, can I truly Skype with the client for two hours? Uh, everyone we introduce has been this through the same two-hour interview and the same criminal background check. So, with a Skype experience, can I still serve this client uh, with the quality that is my standard? And we quickly proved successful. But we started in, in simple markets for us that would be natural markets like Denver, like Atlanta. So, we had our five target cities. And once I felt successful with the first client, now we're open nationwide.
0: So... As you sort of, you know, look at the business that you got into, obviously, you were a client of a matchmaker, you went on 30 dates, you had 30 matches. So I mean, <laughs> yes. you, you actually, whether you knew you were doing it or not, you were doing some market research of sort of how, how the business works. Now, right. I, I met my wife the old fashioned way. We, right. we met in a bar. And actually, that's not fair. My wife prefers that I tell everybody we met in a microbrewery. And uh, yeah, she thinks it's classier than a bar. But uh, if you're familiar with the restaurant chain Gordon Biersch, uh, which is a brewery and burgers, um, they have them all over the country and maybe beyond now. Gordon Biersch used to just have two locations back in the early 90s, Uh, one right by the Stanford campus in Palo Alto and one in San Jose, California, which was the second one and uh, that's where i met her and the big joke is she doesn't even drink beer so oh you know you know wow you know it's such a right. thing that you met well any night she would have gone there i was there that was kind of where my buddy tony and i hung out and so any time she came we would have met it wasn't quite the miracle that right. some people think she went one time and, and met me i'd been there like every you know three nights a week for a year but uh I didn't go through online dating. It didn't exist. There wasn't any online back in the early 90s. Uh, And, you know, it wasn't something that, you know, was probably something I'd ever even heard of. Tell me a little bit about what is your business? How does a matchmaker work?
1: exactly it's it's foreign to so many oh, me, yeah. however if you look back at your grandparents generation they were doing it they would they would tell their uh, friends in the beauty shop every week about a niece or a nephew or a grandson or a granddaughter and that was a you know essentially that was matchmaking it was humans telling other humans about each other that wow you two may have a lot in common or there's a reason that the two of you should really meet and get to know each other and so it's compatibility. And and what we do is um, we do a two-hour pretty intense Skype face-to-face interview with our potential clients. And by the end, I will know not only their human interest story, remember, I've got the background in news, but also um, what what they're really seeking. And to really interview someone about what they're looking for in their life to complement their life Every, every single wants to be asked the question nobody ever asks. They just say, oh, you know, Steve, oh, Trisha, you're so you're so eligible. I don't know why you're still single. But no one ever asks them, what are you looking for? What makes you tick? What do you want to come home to at the end of the day? And so at the end of our interviews, we know whether we, can, we feel like we can be successful in setting them up based on who they are and what they're looking for. And then we go to work for them if we invite them to be a client. We introduce clients to clients all the time, but sometimes we scout for our clients. I have a, clients that live in remote locations um, that aren't really known to have a sizable LGBT population. And so we will scout and uh, find compatible matches for them, even if we don't know them already. So I don't want so you to give, every, wait, 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 I don't want you to give and then introduced and, and we coordinate the date. So we do everything but go on the date <laughs> for you. <laughs> so I don't want to
0: ask any trade secrets, but how do you scout someone who's not like raised their hand and said, I'm eligible to be matched up? How do you how do you approach somebody? say, it's hi, I'm so a matchmaker. Fun.
1: I can't help but do it. I do it every day in person, uh, no matter where I am or where I'm traveling. And I do it online, of course, by professionally reaching out to them. But I will just simply ask, well, first you start with a compliment. Wow, um, you, you, know, you look very eligible if you happen to be currently single. Are you currently single? And that's a yes or no question. And when they say, yes, I am currently single, I ask, have you had a long-term relationship before? And there's a yes or no answer. And then I say, tell me a little bit about that, that person. And that's how I learn if they are gay. So sometimes I have accidentally approached someone in the store, um, to learn they were not gay. And
0: they're, they're, (laughs) I've got a great client for you. Oh,
1: wait. <laughs> And so they've got, um, no one seems to be offended. If, if you're approached that, wow, you seem interesting, I'd like to know more about you. Um, even if they're coupled or even if they're straight, they'll say, thank you, I'm so flattered. I mean, who doesn't want to compliment, right? <laughs> and so um, that's how we approach people.
0: So Tammy, that brings up sort of another interesting question. You've been in business a little over five years now. Mm-hmm. And in that five years, society has changed probably more on this social issue than any yes. other issue in the history of social issues. And that is the acceptance of not only gay marriage, but, you know, sort of people who are, are gay and not being stigmatized in our society. I mean, I've certainly seen it from the outside with right. friends who are gay. I've seen this change immensely. What are the biggest changes that you've seen societally in regards to your business, but in life life in general?
1: Oh, let me tell you, I I feel like the timing of my business was an absolute blessing, too, because I assumed, so it was a gay friend that inspired me, um, who said, if you created, you know, a matchmaking company for gay men, I would be your first client. And I said, well, I'll just call a matchmaker for you. I was shocked. That the industry of certified matchmakers, offline personal certified matchmakers, had not really developed to serve gay singles. So I started the research and design and one-on-one focus group interviews and all of that. And here's what happened. I felt like I was riding the wave of it's coming. Like everyone, you better get ready because marriage equality is going to pass in the United States and and what services need to be there to provide it. You've seen growth in the wedding industry, for example, to serve as same-sex weddings. And so- I felt like I was riding a wave, but here's what, it's trickled down to, to every component of a community, and let me give you one example. Um, I happen to be Christian. Not all of my clients are. Uh, we have every, whether it's nationality or religious belief, but what was interesting is I thought, well, as a Christian, if I'm going to run this business, I want to know how many LGBT-friendly churches we have in our community. Part of my research. Six years ago, there were 12 which I thought was a lot for Austin, Texas. Today there are more than fifty.
0: Wow, that is that's a huge change,
1: right? And a change for right. the
0: better, I would say.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I mean, the the just the inclusion. Um, it, it, it's really it's a sense that everyone feels. I think you feel it as a straight ally if you happen to be one, um, and if you're not, let me talk to you. I'll get you there. <laughs> but,
0: no, in um, fact, my my it, my best friend in the world is, uh, is, is a woman who is, uh, is a lesbian. And uh, my joke with her is if you went back and found me as like kind of a conservative college kid, I would have said, no, probably not going to be my best friend in 30 years, Right? she's like my, she's like my sister and my kids call her their aunt. And, uh, you know, and, and my daughter actually has a comment. She goes, I think you're a better person because you became friends with her.
1: Oh, see, I mean, and I love hearing my clients' testimony about that. I mean, years ago when we were starting, we we even select the restaurant where they're going to meet. It's a Mm -hmm. complete blind date. And so when we coordinate the details of the restaurant, my clients used to say, please don't set me up in this part of town or this area of the city or this suburb because they're not very gay friendly. No one says that anymore. Mm -hmm. And of course there are those areas, but... We don't feel it like I think it was felt back then. So So you
0: talked about the fact that one of your friends said, hey, this service doesn't exist. He was in the market to find a relationship and and you did the research. A lot of people who I interview on the show fell into their business because a product or a service didn't exist and they happened to identify it. Did you think – because you said you had a background in television news and then you worked for a nonprofit. Did you see yourself on a journey to be an entrepreneur or not?
1: Absolutely not. I was risk adverse. I have always been a very dedicated, hardworking, I am loyal to the end when it comes to employers or careers, and so for me to leave um, a career or make a change uh, was significant. The only reason I left running a nonprofit was I got married, and we traveled for the first year. So when I was ready to go back to work, I even hired an executive coach and said, I think I want to break into the corporate world, and it just wasn't happening. And so when someone said something that inspired this business idea, the only reason I felt the confidence confidence. confidence to even begin the research is I married a serial entrepreneur <laughs> because I was risk adverse but he's high risk. He's also an actuary. So it, for him to run the pro formas and do and surround myself with my weakness, which was financials, and to ra- surround myself with him who could mentor me in that component of, you know, here's my initial investment. What can I do with it? How can I make this work? And uh, it was totally invaluable. And I, I recommend that to all entrepreneurs. Surround your or, you know, budding entrepreneurs or surround yourself with your weakness find someone to either mentor you or to coach you on this this component that's scary
0: <laughs> so tammy i've got some more questions for you but first i have to thank the sponsor of this episode so this episode is brought to you by podfly productions podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast they set you up with the right equipment training and guidance to ensure that you're going to sound amazing Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Tammy Shackley. (laughs) Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know that some of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So Tammy, your business has grown a lot the last couple of years. What are some of the hiccups along the way of having a business go from just you to now several employees and several contractors as well as having a national reach where you used to be regional? What are some of the what are some of the bumps in the road?
1: Wow. Today?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just today's bumps in the road.
1: <laughs> exactly. You know, that's such a good question and I just my personality type is always the optimist. I, I tend not to focus or dwell on the negative, even if it's a client who may be upset. My goal is to get out of that negative energy and into a positive energy. How quickly can we do that so that we can all get back to work and keep going? So it's probably my personality type is helpful for the bumps in the road. And there have been them, whether it's a a client who um, is demanding more of my time um, all the way to – you know, taking on a client, but having a ge- geographical challenge of, oh, now I see why they're not meeting anyone where they live. <laughs> so it's not all rosy. Every day, I think you have to be ready for quick, uh, quickly addressing today's challenge. And let's find a solution. So when I when I did consulting uh, before starting this company, it was called Shackley Solutions. And the reason was, I am a solutions-driven person. I don't like problems. And even when I ran offices in three different industries back in the day, all of my staff always knew. I, I ran offices since I was 23, hired and fired. And everyone knew when they approached my door with a problem, you better have at least an inkling of one idea of a solution. Because you're coming to me for us to find the solution, not to sit here and dwell on the problem.
0: Well, and being able to, to solve problems, I mean, that's an entrepreneurial trait that comes up time and time again. Like I said, I've been able to sit down and interview you know, nearly 300 or over 300 people. So if someone's listening to this show and, and for whatever reason they've, they've found a niche that they can serve or they, they, they realize their ladder's against the wrong wall and they need to do something else, what advice do you have for someone? who 's going to enter because you entered into this five years ago, that was your first time jumping you know jumping deep in what yes. What advice do you have for somebody who 's going to launch their own thing
1: it 's really interesting the, a couple of key things happened to me, and one was. While I had hired the executive coach and I was trying to force my um, entry into corporate America, my coach would even say, you're not a corporate America type person. Uh, I really don't see you doing that. And so a, a wise woman um, that I know through a leadership program, Leadership Texas, she said to me, it will find you. And I thought, oh, that's easy for you to say. You're retired, you know, but she was right. It did. So to have an open eye an open ear to what's out there. Maybe you have a great idea, but maybe there's a different way for you to stand out. In whatever that industry is going to be. I mean, I have an employee that worked for me. She was really good at coaching our clients. Now she has her own dating coaching company in LA. And I'm so proud of her because she identified what she was good at when she worked for me. And now she wanted to go start her own. So I would say, you know, not only, of course, it's going to take the investment. Of course, it's going to take the research in the business model, but to really mm-hmm eyeing what is out there that can make you successful and unique and, and people ask me all the time will you ever match straight people and i say absolutely not i'll only do same-sex matching because even after now five years it's still an underserved population and i i feel proud to be a part of it
0: so you bring up an interesting thing you had an employee who has now left you to start her own business So that's something that a lot of people get really nervous about. I talk to people all the time that they're afraid, oh, you know, if I take employees, they're going to take my what they learn and they're going to go compete against me or this and that. And yet, even though she's not directly competing, she's still in that dating industry. And yet your reaction was, I am so proud of her. She's doing what she does. So if people are going to have employees, which is a big step for a lot of small businesses, you know, should you be worried about breeding your competitors or?
1: Well, in a way, of course. I mean, you know, each of our employees will sign a non-disclosure agreement about of our um our proprietary uh our proprietary processes and methodologies and all of that. And so, to me, over the years and all the different services I've done. I think it's better to become closer to your employees that you can mentor them and still protect your own brand or trademark or processes in knowing that if you want to do that, I feel comfortable helping you and coaching you. I I mean, I was one of the first to review her website, you know, when she was ready to launch it. And so, To me, you can hold people back or you can embrace them and encourage them, and they're only going to be better to you because you're helping them. So, I just the theme that we have in my company is lead with love. So, uh, with each of our clients, everyone's looking for love, right? I I think you have to embrace your employees, and if they have an entrepreneurial spirit, how can you help them and mentor them? And maybe even save them some mistakes you made early on, because there's room in all cities in all industries there's room for a competitor even if it's an indirect competitor so i just think together we all rise up versus hold somebody back
0: no i think i think that's i think that's great advice some of the best you know bosses i ever had were never worried if i would go leave and do something else they wanted to just have the best of me while i was there and help grow me to be the best that i could be tomorrow and well right. i don't i don't have any employees i've always hoped that that's the way i would be if my company grew to a point where i had people working for me it was you know let's let's make it a team and and sometimes you know teams break up and everybody can win so uh, right. You know, I, I respect that. So my, my kind of last question for you is, you know, as I'm listening to what you're talking about and, and, and sort of how you did it, I, w- I want to kind of let you give a little commercial, if you will, because <laughs> there might be somebody who's listening to this show who's single and gay and thinking, huh, I've never thought about a matchmaker. Or like you said, maybe it's their grandmother or their sister or their brother who's like, hmm, let's look into this. If somebody resonates with the service that you offer. What would you tell them? How would, how would you tell them to look you up? Where should they go? Right. What should they know before contracting with you?
1: Right. It's a very simple and um, similar process for everyone. If you go to the website, h4m.com, that's H, the number 4, mcom um, you see a very simple introduction to us, meaning we're not a dating site. This is not an app. You do not see other singles. There's, there's no it swiping?
0: Is, you go yeah. to HR,
1: I don't swipe if I go to your website no swiping no winking no poking you <laughs> simply provide your information to us through the website and say you're interested in more information our goal is to call you that day uh, if not within 45 minutes but our goal is to be on the phone with you and let's have about a 10 minute conversation and let me learn a little bit about you tell you a little bit about us and see if we invite you then to do the skype interview it, because and I say that because I don't want to waste anyone's time or money this isn't For everyone. In my case, I was a very Private single. I had been married before to an elected official, and when that ended, I didn't feel like online dating was going to protect my privacy. And I hear it from so many of my clients. They're they're extremely busy. They travel the world. They own their own companies. They're financially successful. A lot of times, sometimes they're simply a school teacher, and they need to be private because maybe uh, it wouldn't be appropriate to be on a dating site and see a fellow parent of of one of your students. And so. It's a lot. It serves those that are private or that are are busy and that want to outsource this dating thing. So everyone has been vetted and we're truly matching. We are the human algorithm. We (laughs) truly match based on compatibility. And so it serves a lot of singles.
0: So where do you see your business in five years?
1: Um, I'll be on a beach, but still <laughs> uh, putting in a great eight-hour day um, because I have designed a company that I can work from every, anywhere and everywhere as long as I have internet access. And so I still, I've always wanted to um, work until the end. We don't have kids and we have careers. And so I really enjoy what I'm doing. And, and that's the, the number one mistake my husband said as an entrepreneur, the number one mistake you're making is you don't have an exit plan. And I said, I hope to do this until the end.
0: (laughs) That's the way I actually feel. You know, I realize that very few people hire 80 year old professional speakers or or (laughs) masters of ceremonies to come in. But, uh, you know, I, I have this hope that, you know, I can do this well into my 70s, at least. Um, oh,
1: I would say into your 80s, there are going to be AARP conferences <laughs> where you could be the darling. <laughs> That's
0: right, I'd be the young, the young whippersnapper at 80. <laughs> right. So, well, my dad lived to be 99 years old. So, you know, yes. I've I've always looked at it that you know, there's there's a hint of longevity on one side. My mom died when she was 58. So. You know my brother says if we split the difference we still get to almost 80 so it's you know yes, it's it's, it's yes. out there but I don't I don't want to retire I'd love to find a way you know I, I I mentor a couple of people and I have an online coaching group that you know, it kind of ebbs and flows how many people are in it, but I like doing that. And I thought, you know, this is something I can do. I can do later. So I've started a campaign of making age 50 to 75, the best years of my life, because nice. by the time I get to the upper rate ranges of that, the millennials right. will be hitting 50. And, and I don't think they're going to know what hit them. They're going to be like, Whoa, 50. What's that? So I'm, I'm hoping <laughs> right. I'm building a, I'm building a, a list of experiences over the next 20 years that can set me up as the expert on how to make 50 to 75, the best years ever. Uh, one of my friends says, well, what happens after 75? I'm like, I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. But right now I'm just 51. So I got, you know, I got quite the runway in front of me.
1: Well, and two, maybe that becomes your niche later on that with all of these amazing retirement communities that they're building all over the place, because everyone's living longer, maybe you're everyone's favorite featured speaker.
0: There you go. That's right. I can go around and and do the, uh, uh, the, the circuit. (laughs) So anyway, Tammy, thank you so much for coming back on the show. And we've already told everybody it's h4m.com the number is where they can find more information about you and about your company. So before you go, just tell us, who's an entrepreneur out there who you admire? Because I think think entrepreneurs are great observers. And so I love to know just some people say they're dry cleaners. Some people say Elon Musk. It could be anything in between. Who's someone who you think they're cool?
1: Oh, I don't know if you know her already. Her name is Stacy Harmon, mm-hmm. and she moved to Austin from California and became an expert on Evernote. So helping run an efficient business, she became the, the darling of Evernote and co-authored the first book about Evernote. And now she, too, has a practice to help you and your small business uh, be more effective and efficient by using the Evernote tool. So what do you admire and, um, about her? Yeah, that's it's pretty impressive. What what do you yeah.
0: admire about her? What what do you think makes her cool?
1: That she that she didn't design the product. She became its Uber user mm-hmm. as I call it. Nice and to be an uber user and see that, that she could make a business out of that that you know whether you're buying quickbooks or whether you're buying some tool for your business there are those that are the real experts at it that don't work for the company and that's what i admired about her she she quickly recognized what she was really good at and then she helps others that would be overwhelmed by a welcome manual or overwhelmed by an initiation process she said i'll get you through that you know <laughs> so she's an uber user and she turned it into a business that's pretty cool
0: see and that's kind of like you because you didn't invent gay dating you just became the expert on how to make it happen smoother and have people find better relationships
1: correct correct so so there are other good ideas out there i listen to them all the time and and just applaud people and i say that because so many of my clients are entrepreneurs and because they own their own business and they're so busy they have outsourced their dating and so we take care of all that
0: well, I think, I think that's awesome. And the first time you and I met, it was at a party and we were standing in a buffet line and I always ask people what they do and Austin has so many entrepreneurs. I'm like, so what do you do? And you told me and you told me with such enthusiasm, I was like, you have to be on the show because <laughs> I love people who have created something where other people would have never seen it and created successful businesses. Yes. And plus you just had just so much excitement about what you do. I, I knew you'd be a great guest and I knew you'd be a great guest twice. So thanks for coming back on Cool
1: Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you. It's so good to catch up with you and keep up the good work yourself.
0: Yep. And thank you to everybody who listened. I say it every single time. If it wasn't for the audience, why would we even have this show? It's all about trying to give the audience a little bit of inspiration for people who either are entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, business leaders, or people who want to step into those types of roles and, and and put their ladder against the right wall and do something they really enjoy. If you like the show, jump over to iTunes and leave a review. It makes my day so much better when we get a brand new review on iTunes. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook. It's Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. You can find me on Twitter, at cool podcast and then finally if you want to join the group coaching program which is the potential mastermind project now is the best time ever to do that because we're only one quarter of the way through the year there's so much more that you can accomplish before 2018 is over over jump over to potentialmastermind.com, and you'll find all the information you would ever wanted to know and if it's not there just send me an email and i'll tell you more hey we're gonna be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody just as cool as tammy But in the meantime, I'm going to challenge you. Go out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at at tom.singer.